Section 13 of Eugene Onegin by Alexander Pushkin, translated by Henry Spaulding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Canto the Seventh, Moscow. One. Impelled by spring's dissolving beams, the snows from off the hills around descended in swift, turbid streams and flooded all the level ground. A smile from slumbering nature clear did seem to greet the youthful year. The heavens shone in deeper blue. The woods, still naked to the view, seemed in a haze of green embowered. The bee forth from his cell of wax flew to collect his rural tax. The valleys dried and gaily flowered, herds low, and under night's dark veil already sings the nightingale. 2. Mournful is thine approach to me, O spring, thou chosen time of love, What agitation languidly My spirit and my blood doth move, What sad emotions o'er me steal When first upon my cheek I feel The breath of spring again renewed, Secure in rural quietude, Or, strange to me is happiness, Do all things which to mirth inclined And make a dark existence shine, Inflict annoyance and distress Upon a soul inert and cloyed, and is all light within destroyed? 3. Or, heedless of the leaves' return Which autumn late to earth consigned, Do we alone our losses mourn Of which the rustling woods remind? Or, when anew all nature teems, Do we foresee in troubled dreams The coming of life's autumn drear For which no springtime shall appear? Or, may it be, we inly seek wafted upon poetic wing, some other long-departed spring, whose memories make the heart beat quick with thoughts of a far distant land, of a strange night when the moon and... 4. Tis now the season, idlers all, Epicurean philosophers, ye men of fashion cynical, of Levishin's school ye followers, Priams of country populations and dames of fine organizations. Spring summons you to her green bowers. Tis the warm time of labor, flowers, the time for mystic strolls which late into the starry night extend. Quick to the country let us wend in vehicles surcharged with freight, in coach or postcart duly placed beyond the city barrier's haste. 5. Thou also reader generous, the chaise long ordered please employ. Abandon cities riotous, which in the winter were a joy. The muse capricious let us coax. Go hear the rustling of the oaks beside a nameless rivulet, where in the country Eugene yet, an idle anchorite and sad, a while ago the winter spent, near young Tatiana resident. My pretty, self-deceiving maid, no more the village knows his face, For there he left a mournful trace. Let us proceed unto a rill, Which in a hilly neighborhood seeks, Winding amid meadows still, The river through the linden wood. The nightingale there all night long, Spring's paramour, pours forth her song. The fountain brawls, sweet briars bloom, And lo, where lies a marble tomb And two old pines their branches spread, Vladimir Lensky lies beneath, who early died a gallant death. Thereon the passing traveller read, the date 
His fleeting years how long, Repose in peace, thou child of song. 7. Time was, the breath of early dawn Would agitate a mystic wreath Hung on a pine branch earthward drawn Above the humble urn of death. Time was, two maids from their home At eventide would hither come, And, by the light the moonbeams gave, Lament, embrace upon that grave. But now, none heeds the monument of woe, Effaced the pathway now, There is no wreath upon the bough, Alone beside it, grey and bent, As formerly the shepherd sits, And his poor baston sandals knits. 8. My poor Vladimir, Bitter tears thee but a space bewept, Faithless, alas, thy maid appears, Nor true unto her sorrow kept. Another could her heart engage, Another could her woe assuage By flattery and lover's art. A lancer captivates her heart, A lancer her soul dotes upon, Before the altar, lo, the pair. Mark ye with what modest air She bows her head beneath the crown, Behold her downcast eyes which glow, Her lips where light smiles come and go. 9. My poor Vladimir, in the tomb, Passed into dull eternity, Was the sad poet filled with gloom, Hearing the fatal perfidity? Or, beyond Lethe lulled to rest, Hath the bard, by indifference blessed, Callous to all on earth become? Is the world to him sealed and dumb? The same unmoved oblivion on us Beyond the grave attends, The voice of lovers, foes and friends, Dies suddenly, of heirs alone remain on earth the unseemly rage, while struggling for the heritage. 10. Soon Olga's accents shrill resound no longer through her former home. The lancer, to his calling bound, back to his regiment must roam. The aged mother, bathed in tears, distracted by her grief appears when the hour came to bid good-bye. But my Tatiana's eyes were dry. Only her countenance assumed a deadly pallor, air distressed, when all around the entrance pressed, to say farewell, and fussed, and fumed around the carriage of the pair, Tatiana gently led them there. 11. And long her eyes as through a haze after the wedded couple strain. Alas! The friend of childish days away, Tatiana, hath been ta'en. Thy dove, Thy darling little pet, on whom a sister's heart was set, afar is borne by cruel fate, for evermore is separate. She wanders aimless as a sprite, into the tangled garden goes, but nowhere can she find repose, nor even tears afford respite, of consolation all bereft, well nigh her heart in twain was cleft. 12. In cruel solitude each day With flame more ardent passion burns, And to Onegin far away Her heart importunately turns. She never more his face may view, For was it not her duty To detest him for a brother slain? The poet fell, already men No more remembered him, Unto another his betrothed was given. The memory of the bard was driven Like smoke athwart the heaven blue, Two hearts perchance were desolate and mourned him still. Why mourn his fate? 13. T'was Eve. 
twas dusk the river speeds in tranquil flow the beetle hums already dance to song proceeds the fisher's fire afar illumes the river's bank tatiana alone beneath the silver of the moon long time in meditation deep her path across the plain doth keep proceeds until she from a hill sees where a noble mansion stood a village and beneath a wood a garden by a shining rill she gazed thereon and instant beat her heart more loudly and more fleet fourteen she hesitates in doubt is thrown shall i proceed or homeward flee he is not there i am not known the house and garden i would see tatiana from the hill descends with bated breath around she bends a countenance perplexed and scared she enters a deserted yard yelping a pack of dogs rush out but at her shriek ran forth with noise the household troop of little boys who with a scuffle and a shout the curs away to kennel chase the damsel under escort place fifteen can i inspect the mansion please tatiana asks and hurriedly unto anicia for the keys the family of the children high anicia soon appears the door opens under her visitor into the lonely house she went where in a space onegin spent she gazed a cue forgotten long doth on the billiard-table rest upon the tumbled sofa placed a riding-whip she strolls along the bedlam saith the hearth by it the master always used to sit sixteen departed lenski here to dine in winter-time would often come please follow this way lady mine this is my master's sitting-room tis here he slept his coffee took into accounts would sometimes look a book at early morn perused the room my former master used on sundays by yon window he spectacles upon nose all day was wont with me at cards to play god save his soul eternally and grant his weary bones their rest deep in our mother earth's chill breast seventeen tatiana's eyes with tender gleam on everything around her gaze of priceless value all things seem and in her languid bosom raise a pleasure though with sorrow knit the table with its lamp unlit the pile of books with carpet spread beneath the window-sill his bed the landscape which the moonbeams fret the twilight pale which softens all lord byron's portrait on the wall and the cast-iron statuette with folded arms and eyes bent low cocked hat and melancholy brow eighteen long in this fashionable cell tatiana as enchanted stood but it grew late cold blew the gale dark was the valley and the wood slept o'er the river misty grown behind the mountain sank the moon long long the hour had passed when home our youthful wanderer should roam she hid the trouble of her breast heaved an involuntary sigh and turned to leave immediately but first permission did request thither in future to proceed that certain volumes she might read nineteen adieu she to the matron said at the front gates but in brief space at early morn returns the maid to the abandoned dwelling-place when in the study's calm retreat 
wrapped in oblivion complete, she found herself alone at last, long time her tears flowed thick and fast. But presently she tried to read. At first her books was disinclined, but soon their choice seemed to her mind remarkable. She then indeed devoured them with an eager zest. A new world was made manifest. 20. Although we know that Eugene had long ceased to be a reading man, certain authors, I may add, he had accepted from the ban, the Bard of Juan and the Gior, with it may be a couple more. Romances three, in which she scanned portrayed contemporary man as the reflection of his age, his immortality of mind to arid selfishness resigned, a visionary personage with his exasperated sense, his energy and impotence. 21. And numerous pages had preserved the sharp incisions of his nail, and these the attentive maid observed with eye precise and without fail. Tatiana saw with trepidation by what idea or observation Onegin was the most impressed, in what he merely acquiesced. Upon those margins she perceived Onegin's pencilings. His mind made revelations undesigned, of what he thought and what believed, a dagger, asterisk, or note, interrogation to denote. End of section 13